and welcome to Movie Film Studios, the only podcast that takes you inside the minds of two film studio executives as we unravel and then re-ravel the best that Hollywood has to offer. I'm Isaac. And I'm AJ, and this week we dive into the seedy underbelly of Hell's Kitchen to discover a shadowy, demonic cult has been hunting humans for sport. But before we get into something new, it's time for something old as we check in on our last feature in Box Office Report. Now, last week we released the... Very, very family-friendly film. Extremely family-friendly. On the Edge of the Stars, starring Mandy Moore as an astronaut who takes her beloved turtle, uh... Who's, oh, his name was Colin, wasn't Colin, it? Colin, yeah, after Michael Collins. After yep. Michael Collins. Well voiced, remembered. Voiced by Tom Holland. Yep. Into space. How did that go? Um, It is currently in redevelopment, so we haven't released it yet. Uh, that that goes against our release a film every week it's, schedule. I know. It's been it's been a, a troublesome couple of months, and obviously we haven't put out as the, the volume of films that uh, people would be mm. used to. Yeah. Um, we put out a trailer for it, Yep. And got a lot of backlash from the character design really? of the tortoise. Oh. Yeah, it's it's really weird. And like taking taking a, a but, leaf but, out of the, the but s- hang on, hang on. I just want to clarify. We used mostly a real turtle for Mostly, that. Yeah. yeah. And occasionally a puppet turtle just to sub yeah. in when it was too dangerous for the turtle to perform the stunts. It's not it's no. not CGI. Exactly. And this is this is coming from uh, the Lion King coming out recently. And the yep. Lion King they describe as a photorealistic yeah. computer-generated movie, yep. um, there's a lot of backlash against that sort of photorealism. Right. They, they actually, like, people want their, their their lovable animal characters to have a bit more human emotional range, a bit more articulation in the, the, <laughs> their hands. Yep. And so... We've in got their hands? Yeah, they want to be able to pick up things, they want to be able to <laughs> gest- gesticulate, <laughs> which a, a regular tortoise obviously can't do. No. And, um, look, we... F- feel that you know the the bat when when the sonic trailer came out yeah people had backlash against that yep and they went and redid the character for that one yeah. uh we thought hey look we'll we'll take that suggestion on board we'll go yep. back uh and so it's like it takes a lot to paint out the real <laughs> turtle from the shots that we've got to, to yep. put the cg turtle back in yeah it's currently in the works we're currently doing it yep um and and it should be out soon so, so um, is it going to look like a Pixar style CGI turtle now. Yeah, a little completely bit. Completely cut. Oh, a little bit. Okay. Uh, cool. uh, yeah. I knew we should have stuck with a dog. No one yeah. complains about dogs talking or cats no. talking. Why? <laughs> it's just yeah. It's, I think it must be the reptilian face that people couldn't really empathise with. So. Oh, that's a shame. Um. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna have to really tell that turtle. Um. Tell its agent actually that we've had yeah. to cut it out of the film. Does it still get residuals though? Um. No, no, not no, at all. Not at all. That doesn't like. I think part of the clause was um, that you know anyone who appeared in the credits of the film um, would yep. we would pay the the wages for, and 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 the turtle's just not in the credits anymore. So, oh man, sorry, turtle. It's a cutthroat world here in Hollywood. Uh, stay tuned if they ever make a Franklin the Turtle movie from no, those picture books. I you think, might be in luck there. No, because if they make a Franklin the Turtle movie, they'll want some cartoony style. Actually, yeah. Wait, uh, wait till they make the Franklin the movie animated version, and then and then, and then 15 20, years twenty-five later, years yeah. later, they make the well, photorealistic the, the live version action one, and the turtle will be alive because obviously the the tortoises and turtles last for, uh, <laughs> the, a really long time. So. The irony is they won't actually use the real turtle; it'll be a CGI computer scanned laser render of it instead. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, anyway, sorry, Turtle. <laughs> You're out of luck. All right, on to this week in trailers. And first trailer for you this week is The Hunt, directed by Craig Zobel and starring Ike Barinholtz, Betty Gilpin, and Emma Roberts. Hey there. 
help you? What state is this? Sorry. You don't understand the question? Oh, no, I didn't. Just... Most people know where they are. Why ain't most people? You're in the glorious state of Arkansas, sweetheart. How'd you know they was lying? Well, this ain't Arkansas, so everyone is lying. So this is an interesting trailer, interesting concept, actually. It kind of reminds me of a, a bit of a um, Black Mirror ripoff, I guess. Uh, it seems that the whole pretext of this film, based on what you probably just heard there, was um, Betty Gilpin's character is uh, in a world or trapped in a kind of theme, uh, not a theme park, like a game reserve of some kind, uh, being hunted by other humans for sport. It's, it's like, you know, that classic. It is literally Predators. Yeah. Where <laughs> people have been kidnapped, dropped into an environment, and are being hunted, only this is not a sci-fi, it's, yep. it's people that are hunting them rather than yeah, yeah. space alien monsters. Sort of. Are they... Uh, obviously, you can't hear it, see it in the clip because you're listening to it, but when she says, this ain't Arkansas, she rips the number plate off a car, and it behind it reveals what kind of looks it's like a... European. Yeah, like a, it's got the checkered flag of Croatia, sort of like logo, so you kind of think... Oh, it's Eastern European where the rules don't apply. Yep. Uh, and then apparently uh, Hillary Swank is arranged for incredibly rich people to kidnap uh, people who you're not going to miss. Yep. And have these uh, these people hunt them down for sport. Yeah. Um, I believe actually Jean-Claude Van Damme did a film in the either late 80s or early 90s called Hard Target. Oh, yeah. Which was the same thing where yep. rich people paid ex-military uh, homeless people yep. um, to, you know, survive and got and then they bit off more than they can chew yeah. and they got John claude Van Damme involved. I think in one stage in that film as well, he catches a rattlesnake, bites off its tail, <laughs> and puts it in a tree <laughs> with a tripwire so when the, the people that are hunting him uh, walk past, it pulls the rattlesnake down from the tree yep. and because it's pissed off because he bit off its tail, yep. it bites the guy in the face wow. and kills him. that's elaborate. That, that's the kind of shit we want to see in these films. You're, you're not going to see it in this film. You're one, not going right? to see it in, uh, in the hunt. The hunt's all very... This is all very... It's very grim. It's very dour. It's very, like, dystopian future it's all it's not very even really like future it's, it's just yeah. versus poor people blah 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 i mean you've heard i mean you've heard the saying you know uh, something about like hunting the most dangerous game man man most, <laughs> like yeah. it's a very twilight zone-esque uh kind of scenario i guess and i suppose we haven't really seen it with this kind of visceral intensity yeah uh, it is it's either sort of tongue-in-cheek not tongue-in-cheek, but very, like, stylized action John claude yeah, Van yeah. Damme, or you've got the sci-fi. This is very much... This could be happening right now in Eastern Europe. Probably, and, yeah. Uh, and no one would be talking about I it. Mean, there's, there's a couple of shots yeah. later in the trailer of, like, them running over a guy's head with a car. Yep. Um, people getting skewered by, like, uh, bow and arrow yeah. arrows. Uh, getting shot... Like, it, it's a very graphic, um, gruesome sort of... Yeah. Um, grounded like in reality. A little, it reminds me a little bit of um, uh, Lord of the Fries... Not Lord of the Fries. Lord of the Flies. Not the popular vegetarian burger joint. Uh, the the novel and film... William Golding. William Golding's uh, sort of dystopian uh, set on an island um, film, which, you know, leads to people doing certain yeah. things to survive. Uh, it sort of has that, but I'm not sure if it has the same social commentary that those that, that publication had. This really just seems like... It's a fun excuse to have a fight scene between the main character and yeah. Hilary Swank. I think the the biggest surprise here was some of the, the 
names that are in this film. Oh, yeah. So, um, the uh, leading lady, whose name yes. I don't remember. What's Betty Gilpin, I believe. Yeah, she's done a few films. She's done a few TV shows. Um, but Ike Barinholtz has been in a number of films recently. Yep. Emma, Emma Roberts um, yep. uh, has been in a lot of films. Hilary Swank is in this one as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, and they all seem to be playing background characters yeah. to... Um, to this lead, so I just I don't know who got involved <laughs> to to get these people in, in this film, but I think that's probably the biggest draw card is yeah. just like the the range of named um, uh, actors who who were playing roles in this yeah. film because the premise doesn't look good, it doesn't look it ter- looks terrible, and I've just realised it's writ- it's co-written by Damon Lindelof, so oh, of course, like. Uh... You know, anyway, if you don't know who that name is, then don't worry you're, about it. But you're if you lost, do know yeah. who that name is, you know what this film will be like. The, the twist is it is actually just on an alien planet <laughs> and it was just a sequel to Predators the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Uh, all right. On to the second trailer for this week's episode, which is The Kitchen, directed by Andrea Burloff and starring Melissa McCarthy, Tiffany Haddish and Elizabeth Moss. Alfonso Coretti. You girls have been very busy. I'm an E-Ruby. Mrs. Brennan. I won't bite. Claire, you're the one I have to watch out for, aren't you? Listen to the wind blow. My husband's have 24 more months left out of her sentences. You girls are gonna be just fine. We're gonna take care of you. I can't even make the rent with what they gave me last night. What are we gonna do? All these men work in these streets and not a solid set of balls anywhere. Bunch of guys that don't even remember what family means. So we remind them. So this is, I think, set in 1978. There's a couple of films, yeah. we, we trailers we watched recently that seems to be like the late 70s. It's the is, go-to time. Is the, the time it? to be. Yeah. I have the ensemble cast of Melissa McCarthy, uh, Elizabeth Moth, and Tiffany Haddish. Yep. Um, apparently their husbands are... Um, uh, put in jail, I assume, for working for a crime family. Yeah. And so in order to support themselves, uh, they... Start t- take doing t- t- crime. Yeah, turn to a life of crime. <laughs> so it's essentially them um, uh, joining the mob in the late 70s, yeah. um, becoming incredibly dispassionate killers with yeah. these little snob- stub-nosed revolvers walking up to people and just shooting them in the head. Exactly. And we're, we're dealing with Hell's Kitchen here, uh, which is the titular kitchen, um, in the 70s as well. So this is like New York at its peak kind of grimy crime infested horribleness and the 70s is now far enough away that most people don't remember what it was actually like <laughs> so uh, we can go back to these sort of almost romanticized versions of uh america back in the time back in the day honestly like i wasn't expecting this film to be a serious dr- like drama you see melissa you see mccarthy, McCarthy and then you're just like ah come on let's go but no she's but no, 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 uh, she's, it's, it's ruthless it is like much more blatant like just killing people yeah. in cold blood than yeah. i expected um from a film like this and, and elizabeth moss as well she, like there's probably about four shots where she's just like raises a gun to someone's head and just blows it off yeah like, okay elizabeth moss is yep. that's what you want to do that's yeah. just fine yeah let's go for it um this is apparently based on a graphic novel of uh, the same name um and it's sort of been floating around Warner Brothers for a few years now as so things tend Daredevil to... prequel, right? <laughs> I think Daredevil's set in Hell's Kitchen, so... Um, no, yes. obviously not. Um, uh, so, I don't know. I mean, it kind of looks... It kind of looks awful, but maybe I'm I'm being snobbish. I don't know. 
it, it kind of looks poorly scripted and acted at times. Tiffany Haddish just, I, I don't know. I just don't buy her in this. I don't, I, I would be very surprised if this gets wide release in Australia. I think it's, yeah. it's probably one of those films that has enough cachet in America to be, oh, this is nostalgic of a city, um, and this has some reasonably well-recognized names to get um, to get enough uh, of a, a, you know, it might be showing in a couple of hundred cinemas there. Yeah. I don't think it's going to come across over here. I don't think it's going to have that international reach. We watched a few trailers this week which were, like, sort of partly set in like China or other countries like that. Yeah. And, and they start grossing quite a lot of money when you have that international pool, yep. um, which I just think this one's missing. Um, I don't think it looks, yeah, like you're saying, particularly well-made. It kind of looks like the low-budget movies of the late 70s. I mean, it reminds me quite a lot of The French Connection, the Gene Hackman yeah. film, which I think is made in 1978 and is doing the rough street crime yeah. of the era. Yep. Um, I don't know what the graphic novel would look like. I don't. I feel. As, uh, I've never heard of it before yeah. either. But um, I mean, that doesn't mean much these days. Uh, <laughs> really, like I mean, so long as the filmmakers don't have to come up with their own original ideas, yeah. then um, yeah. uh, they'll make anything apparently. <laughs> so, all right, on to the final trailer for this week's episode, which is Midsummer, directed by Ari Aster and starring Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner, and William Jackson Harper. I told you that I want to go to that festival in Sweden. No, you said it would be cool to go. Yeah, and then I got the opportunity and I decided Look, to do it. I don't mind it. you going. I just wish you would have told me. That's all. Dude, she needs a therapist. You've been wanting out of this stupid relationship for like a year now. And don't forget about all of the beautiful Swedish women you'll meet in June. Okay, guys. That's not her again. Seriously? Babe, what's happening? Danny. I was so very sorry to hear about what happened. I'm sorry. I invited Danny to come to Sweden. You know what she's been going through? Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Do you love how the discordant violin has just overtaken every single it's horror everywhere. trailer soundtrack? I think, like, so this one, uh, Pet Cemetery, which we watched a couple of weeks ago, has that yeah. same sort of, like, weird droning discordant yeah. violin. It, it's, it's the Hans Zimmer style of, like, composing, which is very percussive. And if you listen to, like, the Dark Knight soundtrack, particularly when the Joker's about to blow up the boats, there's that same kind of, like sustained string kind of unease and and creepiness that's in there and it's just everywhere now yeah it's like this one i think the horror ones put like a bit more of a warble in there so it's like everything sounds detuned and like yeah just wrong and i like to be fair it works it it makes me feel uncomfortable and it's so but at the same time if the music's making me feel uncomfortable then you don't have to put as much work into the the film making you feel uncomfortable anyway um in case you couldn't get it from what you just heard um the lead characters in an unhappy relationship, uh, but before they break up, or I guess after they break up, I can't really tell. Um, I think it's it's before. I think like, it's just before they break up or something. The 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 male characters plan a trip to Sweden. Um, he's in an unhappy relationship, and somehow, to maybe try and salvage it, he invites her to go with them. Yep. To this uh, midsummer festival in Sweden, where it's or like like some. Yeah, Sweden. It is Sweden. They okay, say yep. Sweden. Cool. Um, uh, and uh, 
it's like a obviously in Sweden in summer the you know the days like 23 hours long and the sky is blue all the time and it's a, a I think they call it a weird rit- uh, ritual where they get to dress up in clothes and and perform what was essentially like a pagan it's ceremony a very paganistic ceremony yeah but then you know weird freaky things start to happen about the same time that the weird freaky violin kicks into the trailer <laughs> where they start taking like psychotropic gr- drugs yep. and it looks a bit like cultish because there's like weird yep. cult leaders and they start doing weird things and then there's yep. you know they, they try and drive a rift between this couple which is unhappy anyway by like uh like you know the attractive swedish girls are like flirting with him and yeah um she's going a little bit crazy because she's already a little bit emotional fra- emotionally fragile yeah. and they maybe lace the water that they're drinking with lsd and yeah. um suddenly this ceremony which only happens once every year becomes a bit sinister because you see like them maybe kicking people's faces and yeah. um cutting open cows and playing with entrails and yep. possibly throwing people off cliffs you and don't really it, there's a little bit of a weird kind of like it really feels like Americans looking at foreign countries' customs and just going, wow, look how weird it is, and, like, let's make it weirder by making it creepy as well. Uh, because Midsummer is a thing. Like, it yes. is a, a, a celebration that happens in a fair few Scandinavian countries, I believe. Um, and it's not, like, these days it's nothing really sinister at all. No. It's, it's quite a lovely thing. Uh, but... Here we get that kind of like you know, that, that fish out of water kind of feel because and and feeling trapped by the weirdness of it all. Yeah. Um, so Ari Aster, who directs this, did Hereditary, Hereditary yeah. which I think we talked about. That's a really creepy film with this weird-looking, creepy little girl. Yep. I think at one stage she like goes to cut a bird's head off with a pair of scissors. Yeah. Yep. And is that kind of like just it makes just you like f- uneasy like yeah. visuals. Yeah. Um. And I think yeah, with, it coupled with weird violins uneasy visuals <laughs> i think that's where they're trying to get that freak freak out yeah. this reminds me a little bit of um the wicker man yeah. um i haven't which, seen which the christopher one? lee one no. but I've, I've seen the nicholas cage <laughs> one where it's like they go to some weird cult yeah. and it turns yeah. out that i think in that one it turns out they're sacrificing him for bees yeah the bees <laughs> it was all for the bees okay like, there's no bees in this that i can see but maybe that's a like no you know a third I, I act twist definitely or feel as though there's elements of human sacrifice in this. Oh, for sure, into yeah. That. So again, it's just like look at the pagan book of weird rituals and just chuck as many of them in there as you can, yep. and uh, go from there, I guess. All right, those are the three films for this week's episode. But of course, before we can do anything with those, we're going to, have to take a little walk over to the green room. All right, so let's have a quick recap of this week's films. We have a people-hunting-people action thriller. Oh, nice. I like that. We also have an ensemble cast historical gangster film. (laughs) Yep. And finally, we have a weird foreign ritual thriller. Folky horror pagan stuff film. All right. I chose last week for the family-friendly special. Now, let's make something decidedly unfamily-friendly this week, and yep. I'll leave it up to you to decide what that is. They are all particularly unfriendly. They like, really are. There is a lot of, like, people exposing their insides, which is <laughs> just, like, through being <laughs> shot or being um, yeah. shot or being disemboweled or yep. being decapitated. Yep. Or, um, I feel like Movie Film Studios wants to release a film that is similar to Midsommar. Oh yeah, like a creepy, creepy, weird, folky. foreign, ritualistic. Yep. yep. And and to be fair, out of all the films that we've described, um, 
And I should probably just call it Midsummer, even though it's spelt M I D S O M M A R. Yep. Um, and I, I don't, I feel like saying Midsomar at least. Was, <laughs> you can at least get a sense of how it's spelt. Yep. Um, I think that one is going to do the best at the box office. Yeah. Uh, it seems to be getting reasonably good reviews. Yep. I, I've actually seen posters for it around Sydney, which, you know, no. I can't say the same of that's, the, the That's other the mark ones. of success, I think. I if mean, you... if, I'm, genuinely, if they are actually spending money on marketing... Yeah. For what... And not just digital marketing, like printing no. posters and hanging them up in, in places. Like, that takes effort these that days. That takes effort. And that, that, that's what gets people to go see your films. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so long as we follow in the same footsteps and do our own um, print media campaign yep. for the film that we come up with. I yep. think uh, something that's based on Midsummer is um, yep. is is where we want to go. And when you were talking about it, I kind of had an idea yep. for which weird um, European festival. Oh yeah, go on. Oktoberfest. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. But we oh, we yeah. make it's, it's, it's whatever. <laughs> it's not. It's not what you think of of Oktoberfest. Yeah. It's kind of like a weird... The, the, it's the origins of Oktoberfest. O- so like, yeah. it, like people go to... The, the characters, they, they go to Germany to celebrate Oktoberfest, but they don't go to Munich, yeah. which is, I believe, where it's, it's like mainly centred around. They go to some weird... Uh, out there B- Bavarian out there. town yeah, yeah, that yeah. possibly was the origins of Oktoberfest yep. and they celebrated in some sort of weird way they, they celebrated in the traditional way so Oktoberfest yes. these days and if you are from America or from Australia or from any country that doesn't have a massively direct connection to Germany and, and Germany's history Oktoberfest is just an excuse in October to drink a drink. lot of beer yep. uh and I'm sure that it has cultural significance beyond I that for Germans. I believe it was a, I don't know the, the regents, but like, let's say just like King Leopold, when yep. he married someone, they um, put on a week-long party and that was the origin of Oktoberfest. Okay, cool. Um, and and obviously since then it's been ter- turned into like a massive... Um, beer drinking and food festival. I actually think as well, one of the rules of Oktoberfest in Germany is that the beer that you drink has to be grown and brewed within the, um, uh, I want to say Bavarian, but like within the bounds of this, the greater yep. s- district of Munich or whatever. Yep. Um, whereas anywhere else, it's just like, no, it's just, just drink whatever you want to drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I think, all right, all I right. believe, okay, I here. believe that Paris Hilton was oh, man. was banned from participating oh, in all Oktoberfests for trying to market her range of canned wines I, oh. during Oktoberfest. And they're like, no, this is a festival to celebrate drinking oh, and food man. and not your marketing Why place. wouldn't you just can beer? Like, it's... How, like, your, your research is done. Why would you make it wine? Of all the things. All right. Ignoring Paris Hilton's, like, ridiculousness for a second... You mentioned that uh, Munich sort of takes place in the kind of region of Munich or and, and it's sort of neighbouring yes. areas and so on. So there's a kind of a, a very specific uh, locale or region where this happens. Yes. I like the idea that we have a group of people travelling to a place just outside that, yeah. that border, yeah. uh, just outside the border of Munich. Oh, and they right. kind of have a... On the edges of the Black Forest. Yeah, exactly. So they have I a... I don't know if that's anywhere near I what I'm talking it about. Matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. Like, I mean, this is this is an American film 
Who gives a crap about locations? <laughs> People have heard the words Black Forest and Germany before. That's all they need to know. And then, I mean, that really gives us the opportunity to start throwing in some of those weird fairy book yeah, style. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Grim, uh, Brothers Grimm de- style. Demons in the Woods. You're yeah. sort of like, you know, the the, the faith. Like, obviously, maybe they're probably not there, but there's definitely these yep. pagan rituals yep. about maybe sending two orphans off into the woods. Yep. And that's sort of like maybe where the yep. Hansel and Gretel sort of story comes yeah, from. I like this. Um, yep. And so, like, you kind of have this element of maybe there's some sort of human sacrifice elements. Yep. Maybe there's something sinister that lives in the woods. Yep. I don't know. I've been drinking this beer, which is laced <laughs> with LSD, and I can't tell reality from... Uh, yeah. from these weird psychotropic like elements that are going through my brain. I like the idea that this was actually where Oktoberfest came from. This yeah, sort of so. little hamlet somewhere on the edge of the Black Forest, somewhere in Germany, which is located really close to the border to Munich. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it started there. And then at some point in history, the it kind of splintered off. So Munich sort of adopted Oktoberfest and took it down the route that it's currently at. Yes. But this little hamlet sort of kept going kept and it seemed tradition. to go, it seemed to keep going in a very timeless manner. It almost felt like the town hadn't changed right. for centuries. Yeah. And is still celebrating the exact same thing every year. And so they have the same costumes as the Munich yep. Festival because, you know, the, the later house yeah, all, yeah, all, all that. That and is it's, a very traditional German costume. And it's still beer-related, yep. but it's like this town's sole purpose is to serve Oktoberfest. So yeah. when Oktoberfest is finished, they begin preparations for next year's Oktoberfest, which involves brewing beer, growing wheat for the beer and so on, or barley and hops, whatever they yep. put in beer. <laughs> Water, barley, hops, sugar, Humans. yeast. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That, that's the, the missing component that I forgot. So every year, I like the idea that every year some foreign tourists come because uh, there's always a, a German friend from some country who says, hey, come along to Oktoberfest in... Uh, uh, what's the name of this town? Heidelberg. <laughs> yeah, all right, whatever. Um, uh, Heidelberg and the U is a V. It's spelled that way. Sure. Just for no reason. Uh, yeah, and this German friend just is like, I'll oh, come to Heidelberg for Oktoberfest. It's it's meant to be great. Uh, it's it's like where the original Oktoberfest yeah. happened. They go real hard there, yada, yada, yada. But it turns out that this German friend is like part of the town and, and like- Trying to get yeah, you fr- know, fresh meat yeah, through. You know how, uh, I think, is it Mormons or uh, the Amish have their sort of rumspringer? Rumspringer, uh, yeah. Where they spend like a year- A year abroad. At, uh, abroad, yeah. So this is like the equivalent of that. They send one of the locals from this town out into the world I, I, to harvest a fresh group of I people. I genuinely think this is also how the Wicker Man works. Okay. Where they, they send off like some young attractive female yep. to go out and sleep with Nicolas Cage. Yep. And then pretend that they're pregnant. Yep. So Nicolas Cage Ooh. comes and looks for them. Yep. And then they sacrifice them. So, oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah. yeah okay, I like this, but gr- it's a group of people. So. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, you get your, you get your like mixed race cast of people because they're just good friends yeah, exactly. from university just, or whatever. And, or they're back, they're disparate Backpackers, people that are yeah, backpacking. Whatever. Doesn't they're, matter. Like, some, some German guy shows up in a hostel and so you have people yeah. from um, all over the world who go, hey, yeah, no, this quaint little town of Heidelberg um, that does this sort of like like a much more sort of grassroots yep. Oktoberfest. We're all hipstery and wankery and yeah, we yeah. want to tell our friends that we did the original Oktoberfest and not yep. this commercial trumped up bullshit that yep. everyone else is exactly, doing. Exactly, yeah. Let's go along. Let's do it like hardcore back to nature kind of style. Yeah. Okay, here's a here's a scene for you. Um, sort of when they're starting to cotton on that something isn't quite right, they all start thinking about... Is, their it, ch- is it 
about the same time that the creepy violins start yeah, playing. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. They've, start, like, they've started playing. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, like I, I can't believe we didn't cotton on that something was slightly <laughs> wrong. I, I heard those creepy warbling <laughs> violins earlier and I didn't think anything of it. It's the soundtrack to the town. It's yeah. a traditional Oktoberfest uh, uh, folk, have, folk song. have someone on the side of the, the, the cobblestone road with yeah. their, their detuned violin and someone's yeah, like, yeah. you really should get that tuned and like, wah, wah, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, I, okay, here's, how's this for a scene? As they're starting to cotton on to the fact that something isn't quite right, they start thinking about their German friend who they haven't really seen since they arrived in Heidelberg. Um, and they sort of start saying, uh, you know, uh, German friend. Like, and they're like, oh, yeah, I've known, known him for years and, and years. And then they're like, but how did you meet? And no one can remember how they met right. like, a German guy because they all, he just happened to turn up only yeah. a year ago, integrate himself into their lives and just trick them into thinking that he's been there yeah. forever. And, and they probably actually meet other backpackers who are just like, you know what's really weird? I met a different German person who came into our lives yeah. and also told us to come here. Um, yep. And we've known them for exactly one year. Yep. And and so everyone's just like, oh, wait, you know, and where are they now? Because they've been brought to the town. Yep. And their, their German friends have disappeared, but they all have yep. the same story of meeting a German person, them yep. joining their group gaining their trust and bringing them in. All right, here's here's where I want to go with this film. So this film right now is kind of by the books. We've we've got a good theme, we've got a good setting, but you know, this is we've done this horror film before, right? Yeah. So I I want to do something that you mentioned earlier. You mentioned Hansel and Gretel? Yes. And I want to start tying that into this town. I want to say I want to say that Hansel and Gretel are real people. Yes. Uh, they were two real children who went to a real witch's house and Ooh. Is it a real witch? Are we going to say magic is real, or is, um, it, is, no, no, is it? But magic's like magic's real in the sense that like it's ambiguous. It's right? ambiguous. Yeah, there's, there's like, I kind of feel as though maybe dark the, forces. The, the, the black forest is like the this thing that they're maybe that like the whole point of the ritual yeah. is to keep the black forest at bay. Yeah, because if they don't perform these human sacrifices, the the actual forest will Creeps, literally yeah. encroach gets, gets, onto their little town yep, and, exactly. and eat it up. Yep, and so the, there is these like you know the idea of these malevolent spirits that are inhabiting the forest yeah and so you do have the hansel and gretel characters who have yep. gone into the forest yeah, yeah. Um, but i like i think that the hansel and gretel characters so after they've killed the witch in the story yes um it seems like it's a happy ending they skip off back home they're reunited with their you know negligent parents and <laughs> live happily ever after um but i think that what actually happened in history like centuries ago was that after they killed the witch they kind of became the witch uh, so the two children, so because usually what happens is like a single person will kill the witch and then the curse sort of passes on right, to them. Right, okay, yeah. But because it was two children and because there were two of them, they become this sort of conglomerate after that. So the, right. like they sort of share a shared consciousness and they become the sort of, I guess, the head of this town as well. Like they're the... I kind of, maybe maybe they, I will imagine them as maybe not being actually in the town. Yeah. But you know how like they're, they're dr- so one of the characters is drunk and they look towards the black forest and they yep. see see a figure standing there and yeah. then they blink and that figure's gone. Yeah. And like people are claiming they see this maybe, are they, have they grown up? Are they like- No, like, they haven't. No, so, they have, they have and they haven't. So we'll get that same kid from Hereditary who <laughs> looks like a little girl and also a 50 year old man. Yes. And <laughs> cast her in the film. So she's, she's the Gretel. She's, <laughs> she's, she's the Gretel. She's one stage of Gretel. Yep. And we'll get a Hansel who yeah. uh, is of similar disposition. <laughs> You're just like, I can't tell if that's a child or not. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and there's like these things that they kind of see at the edge of the forest yep. that they kind of blink and they disappear. Yeah, and but because they're so wasted half the time, they just sort of chalk it up to 
how good the beer is and the yeah. beer is exceptionally good um you know what i also like about this film the fact that we're using beer means we can do promotional tie-ins okay can you imagine when we do the oktoberfest branded beer um you know you've seen the film now live the horror i don't i actually am a little That's bit against the promotional what? tie-ins with this one strangely enough why because like i, I feel as though this is like this is our the art house oh, this is our art house the one branch okay. branch of our movie film studios yeah i don't know what other people do like you have like fox searchlight instead of like 20th yep. century fox or something yep. like that and that they all seem to be like these independently made ah, films which, yeah, yeah. which aren't about the money it's all about, it's the, about the art yeah, yeah it's all about the art form of it yeah and, and in- introducing any any of this branding, um, I think, really sort of takes away from the creepiness yep. of right. the whole thing. So, so we're going to spin movie film studios off into a like a little independent. There's going to be a little independent studio purely designed for the intense art house experiences that don't make money but are critically acclaimed. So this is going to be our um, what's a what's a fi- like anything that Wes Anderson makes basically yeah, exactly. still gets still gets branded under Fox Searchlight even though you know he's a multi award winning multi million dollar making director but exactly. anyway um so I think we need a name for our studio as well yeah and we should name it as cleverly as we name every other product that we name uh so we've got movie film studios digital digital, digital workshop uh then we've got the the distribution platform called movie film digitals a movie film digital digital distribution no movie film workshop digital digital <laughs> distribution platform you're missing yeah. the studio um i think we just call it mfs like like mfs searchlight obviously you can't call it searchlight but no. mfs something searching what's what's something like art housey and wanky i'm thinking like pinhole camera like <laughs> just like what's something equally as as like oh you know you haven't really done it until you've you know you know tried it this way <laughs> So something bougie, <laughs> something hipstery. It's got to have that sort of like feel uh, and element to it. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, there's a particular type. What about think- like MFS Lighthouse or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> we'll like- just copy the the, the flashing. Oh, there's a ca- Castle Rock has that. Castle sweeping- Rock has yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, well, I, think okay. I like pin. Li- I like pin pin light. Pin light. Yeah, movie film studios pin light because it's sort of but like green- we never we never say movie film studios. It's MFS pin, pin light. light. Yeah, and I like the idea. It's pin light because we green light. Our yeah, films. exactly. But now we're pin lighting them. This, this is it's like green lighting it, but with significantly less light, and light light is being the budget. And there's no hue in this light either. No. It's just white. It's it's so, all yeah. Your film is being pin lit. Um. <laughs> all right, so we've got MFS right, MFS pin lit. We'll make yep. Oktoberfest. Uh, I'm think, assuming we're calling it Oktoberfest. Like I think it? you have to. But like, it has to have some sort of weird spelling. It's got to be spelt even weirder than you spell it in the. So, like, yeah. I think the, the German version... Has is, a K, right? O- it's spelled okay. with a K, but there's no umlauts. There's no weird symbols yeah. on it. I think our one needs to have... I think we replace maybe the F with a V. Yep. So it's like Oktoberfest. Vest, yep. Um, um, oh, there's going to be umlauts the, over the O's. I think it's also Verst as well. Maybe it's... No, it's, it's got a W in it. So it's October W-E-R-S-T. So like yep. Oktoberverst. Okay, good. Because like, I think also worst means sausage in German. It does, yeah. Possibly. And so there's like, oh, you know, they, they forgot that it's all about also the food as well. <laughs> it's all about Oktoberverst. So O-K-T-O-B-E-R. Is that going to be, the, be the tagline for the film W-E-R-S-T. Well? Oktoberverst. It's the verst. <laughs> No, we're not doing silly puns <laughs> at MFS Pinlight. Yeah. We, we're all about taking it seriously. There's no room on the poster no. for, for puns in, in Pinlight. So anyway, yeah. all right, we'll, we'll take it very seriously. I think we need more art housey stuff in the film, though, don't you think? Yeah, I think I like, I've got I like images the, of these black gnarled trees yep, that are sort of like yep, warping and yep. weirding out. Are we going like Ingmar Berg, Berman style, like art house with like 
being you know playing Playing chess chess against death on a beach yeah mate sort of like i'm sure we can get some weird bougie director to come in and 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 do that sort of stuff for us yep i like the idea that uh so you know uh, in these films people always die like it's it's just the thing where like the the guy who's super keen is like oh yeah we should just go do it like oh don't think about it it's not weird and creepy at all i'm having so much fun they're always the first to die or or possibly even they go missing they they, they get drunk and run off into the forest naked like but i also think that like part of it should be to make it even worse is uh people will die and they are you know viscerally killed by their friends and the other popular the other people in the town but then i think they should die again so they should just somehow come back to life after being dunked in a vat of beer and then being forced to be killed again so they get the horror of dying coming back to life and then dying again just sort of like really emphasize the twisted nature of this town i think what we do if that if you want like to double the gore yep. by having all of our characters die multiple times. Yep. Maybe they sort of die and then they <gasps> wake up and it's like, oh, yep. it was just a really big night and maybe part of it was a dream. Yep. That's actually a really nice sort of twist where they yeah. are actually getting killed over and over again. Yep. But every time they get killed, they kind of wake up and think it was just like a hangover, yep. a weird hangover dream. Yep. And that way we can just have, the, <laughs> we don't need to cast that many people. <laughs> we want to have the goriest <laughs> film in the world. We can just keep killing them over and over again. I also like the idea that they're like, they're maimed and like they are decapitated and their like limbs are lopped off but they can't die like they just for some reason they're just not dying and they just continually in pain this is really twisted yeah it's it's pin light twisted though twisted and broken and horrible um exactly uh i think and and also we need to tie in i think that the message here will be i don't know don't drink beer is that that the message of this film I think, uh, I think the message of all of these films is don't trust foreigners <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what it boils down to uh, oh jeez um, alright uh, yeah anyway <laughs> I think the good thing about um, MFS Pinlight as well yep, is yep. that we don't really need to think about casting no, because none of these films. Matter. I mean, with the exception of Wes Anderson, who just casts a hundred Hollywood A-listers yeah. in all of his films, all these ones have there's like no one you've ever heard of yeah. in any of these films. But like his first films, you didn't really know anyone in them anyway. Like they're all actors cast. Oh, and Wilson, they were Luke Wilson. Yeah, oh, they, 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 before, before they were famous, though. Jason Schwartzman. I suppose he yeah. made the career of a lot of these people as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and but, this is what Pinlight is setting out to achieve <laughs> uh, to make the career of previously unknown and unnameable actors. So we literally just got to peruse the casting folder of some janky casting house or some janky yeah. production house and just look at there people. Is, little secret, AJ, there is no shortage yeah. of 20-something <laughs> people who want nothing more to them to be cast in a film. I'll li- uh, I can literally just put a message on Facebook <laughs> and I'm sure we'd get our cast in no time. Uh, all right, great. So I think that's it, isn't it? We've got uh, we've got the name. We've got the we've got the malevolent spirits of Hansel and Gretel who, the, the, who like, have different names. Like they'll, yeah. they'll be like Hans Vell and Well, I mean, it's called, it's called Heidelberg, right? Uh, Heidelberg, so, so maybe yeah. it's Heidelberg. Heidel and, and yeah, your, like your, Heidelberg your, is actually like a portmanteau. Yeah, of Heidel and, and Johannes. So like <laughs> are the Heidi and Johannes are the, the, the two kids, yeah. and they're just like, and that's why it's called Heidelberg. Yeah, we're exactly. In the, we're in the mountains, but you don't know think, that. Think, you don't know that until later. I think Berg means mountain, so yep. they're in the mountains somewhere. Yeah, Sal- yeah like Salzburg is a salt mountain. Spielberg. Spielberg is the Spiel mountain. Spiel mountain. <laughs> Do we need a director? No, we don't. Uh, probably not. We'll, no, see, we'll see if um, thing, casting. Ari Adsel is, is available. Or <laughs> I, I, the... I'm not just put a message on Facebook as <laughs> <Exactly>. well. 
<laughs> we're looking for a director to do an art house film. Uh, all right, great. I think that's a wrap. On I think you're right. Octoberfest. No, Octoberfest. Octoberfest. Housekeeping as per usual. We are online at moviefilmstudios.net where you can find all of our previous episodes, our bios, and Mafuzawudada, the incredibly outdated list of films that we've made it on this podcast. We're on various social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube. That doesn't count. That's not really a social media platform, is it? It is. I mean, there's co- the comments. There's, it's, and- it's, it's skewed more on the media side of things than the social, but anyway, yeah. yeah. We're on those platforms. Just search for Movie Film Studios. We post uh, little animated snippets, um, now in colour, in glorious Technicolor, of uh, little moments from the podcast, which are fun and, and f- animated and, and uh, yeah, full of frivolity. <laughs> uh if there is a weird foreign friend in your life and you feel like you need to expose them to your culture, how about you let them listen to Movie Film Studios on your platform of choice? We are on Spotify, Podbean, Apple, iTunes, YouTube, uh, our website, of course, and pretty much any other place that you get podcasts from. And I think that's it. We, I think we've once plugged that we're before, we were going to perform yeah. in uh, It's Sandpit. Um, in the one episode that came out <laughs> before we were in that, um, we are going to be performing in the Sydney Fringe Comedy Festival. Yes, I think I should probably we should probably bring it up now, so at least we can give our audience a little bit of notice about that one to give them uh, an opportunity to, to <laughs> buy tickets and, and and come see us. Absolutely. So we are playing on the twenty sixth and. 29th of September at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville, New South Wales. Uh, we will be performing our two-person improv show, which yep. is movie-related, so it's very similar to the podcast, only better because we act out the movies. It's true. On the spot. And also, a uh, friend of the podcast and former guest, Beth yes. Melrose, will be doing stand-up set before our shows. Immediately before us, in the same room, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, so, I mean, we're considering that as big, as opening for us, warming up the audience <laughs> for us. Um, <laughs> the fact that she's a well-established and much more popular uh, comedian yeah. than us has, I, has no bearing on the fact <laughs> that we're, we're definitely not closing for her. Let's just... Yeah, she, she she definitely hasn't opened for Will Anderson before and also done stuff at the Melbourne Comedy Festival and various other... And, 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 uh, and was in Edinburgh. Fringe. Edinburgh Fringe was a, a winner. Runner-up of runner the up. World Raw Comedy Festival. Yeah, but yeah, she's opening for us. Okay. <laughs> Um, Yes, tickets for that are on sale now at the bargain basement price of $12. We will be keeping it relatively family-friendly as well, so uh, bring your kids. You say that. AJ's told me I'm not allowed to swear quite as much for the the kids, but it's on late enough that I think we're past the watershed. Yeah, exactly. I really wanted to, you know, expose a nipple, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure it would uh, pass the censorship rating. All right, and I think that's it. All that remains this week is to thank you once again for listening. I've been Isaac. And I've been AJ. Roll credits. Roll credits.